Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. We're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from Florwood with Caleb and Tyler once again. And today we're going to talk about programming. To Specifically, we're going to go a little bit into the weeds today. And we're going to go on a more of a micro view, kind of look at uh, a day-to-day workout. And what is the anatomy of a good workout? Why do we you know, program the workouts that we do? Why do we not do super long workouts all the time? And... Uh, what goes into that and why we, we do things the way we do. And then we'll, we'll, we'll take a little macro view as well and talk about a few um, bigger picture things as well. But we want to kind of talk about answer. You know, we get a lot of questions. Why are we doing, you know, why are most of our workouts on in the 8 to 14, 15-minute range? And why don't we do more hero workouts and uh, that type of stuff? And so I think this will hit a lot of uh, the questions that we, we get talked about and uh, why, uh, why we do what we do. And, Hunter, I know you've been doing – programming for coyote fitness for quite a while now um but for someone that may be new to kind of the the programming and and the way that you like to design and and create things for the gym and for fitness if you haven't listened to the last episode we just aired uh on the crossfit games just know for the most part the programming that we're designing here is not the same type of programming that you will see at the crossfit games and so we went really in depth about that that's just a little disclaimer here up front because a lot of people, when they hear about CrossFit at first, that's how they hear about uh, the workouts and the programming is based off of those high, intense, like just crazy numbers and those kind of things and super high skill. Um, but I like to think about a good workout and good programming is something that powers us to do more in our day-to-day. And so I'd love to hear kind of what y'all's thoughts are on like what are you – what are you doing with the workouts to help you do more in your day-to-day activity? That that being said, yes, that's true. But if you would go and look at what those CrossFit Games athletes do on a day-to-day basis, most of their Metcons, their CrossFit-type workouts, are going to look very similar to the type of workouts we would do in a class. They're just doing a lot of them. Yeah. Um, they're not doing one workout for two hours. They're doing a lot of eight to 12 minute workouts throughout the day because, and we'll talk about because of the intensity that they get out of those things. So, um, we'll just start with, uh, why, why do we do, you know, the, why are most of our workouts in that eight to eight to 12 minute range? And, um, what are we, what are we looking for, um, out of a given workout? Another way to put it, why do we not do workouts that are far outside the range? And why does it somewhat seem like there's a lot more consistency um, as well. Yeah, and so how do you know if you got a good workout? What was the intended stimulus? So everything we do, we want to look at the intensity piece of it. So we're trying to maximize intensity. We're trying to maximize the power output that an athlete can get in a certain amount of time um, because we know that the uh, more work they do in the less amount of time, the more their body is going to adapt. Because ultimately, what are we doing? Like, we let's 
take a step back and say, well, what are we doing inside the gym? We're trying to break our bodies down so that it will adapt fitter than it was before. Okay, so that's the ultimate goal of a actual workout is we want to go in and we want to do a workout um, that's going to cause our body to adapt to be fitter, a little bit fitter than it was before. And if we do that consistently over a long period of time, um, we our bodies will be fitter. So that's ultimately what what we're doing when we're working out is we're trying to make our bodies fitter. So how do we do that? When we're coming in on a day-to-day basis, we want to maximize the amount of time that we spend at our threshold pace. And you might say, well, what's a threshold pace? So threshold pace is when you are doing a workout and you're thinking to yourself, gosh, this is really hard. I'm not sure if I can really hold this pace much longer, but I think I can go a little bit longer at it. And for most people, just about everybody, we're, that's, going to ma- that's going to max out around that 8 to 12 to 14 minute time period. Once you get much longer than that, your intensity is going to drastically increase, decrease. Sorry. So you're going to start slogging through the workout. You're having to take a lot of breaks. Your body is moving slower. You're um, not doing the reps as fast. So your body is not going to adapt to moving at a faster pace. It's not going to adapt to that intensity. It's going to start adapting to slow slog, uh, moving slower um, uh, pace. Well, you just you start to see that those are the workouts where round one looks very different than round four or round five. And so when you start exactly. to, when you start to do workouts that are that are longer than that, it is impossible to have similar looking paces unless you start at a snail's pace. And so in order to try to identify, you know, why this is, paying attention to the workouts that are for time and looking back and of course these workouts are maybe you know you have to look and kind of keep up with this on your own but paying attention to oh man my first round was a minute and 13 seconds and my last round was two minutes and 55 seconds that's more than double the time and so those are the workouts where again you are your your body is not holding intensity it's significantly dropping and so one way that you can tell um, and start to see this is to become more aware of what your own workouts look like and paying attention to paying attention to the clock paying attention to your rounds and how consistent you are uh, because if you are truly moving with intensity you're going to know that once you get past the 12 to 15 minute range or just beyond that 12 minute range those workouts they just have to feel slow at first mm-hmm. in order for you that's why i love it when you program an interval style workout because that's a, always i see that uh, as an opportunity to pay attention to my pacing and to the clock and understand, okay, what is the intention behind doing a four round workout with a minute rest in between sets and knowing exactly if I do this correctly, then uh, it should feel just as you know intense throughout the entire four round workout. Um, of course, as you go longer, it, it is going to be more challenging, but being able to hold and maintain that, that same pace is something that I love about having that interval style workout. Anybody that's been coming to Coyote for a while knows that the workouts with the rest end up leaving you wrecked at the end more yep. so than the workouts without the rest because the rest allows you to keep your intensity higher. That's the whole point of an interval is let's work at a very high rate, let's work at an 85 to 95% effort for a certain amount of time. And then we're going to stop and take a break. And then we're going to do it again. And we're going to stop and take a break. That's why the partner workouts, a lot of times hurt worse than 
um, the individual workouts because number one, you're getting rest. There's rest built in. You're doing interval type training. It's interval type training with a partner. But also when you're working with a partner, you're also, you're not just thinking about your own self. You're thinking about your partner and I don't want to let my partner down. We're on a team together. And so you end up pushing yourself harder than you would normally. Yes. Go yeah, ahead. I was just about to say exactly that. If you were to do a partner workout, everybody gets on the machines and they, they push the tempo on the machines more in a partner workout than they normally do or on an interval workout. And so what that's doing is it's expanding your capacity and it's helping you raise the bar in your mind of, oh, I know I can hold this. We were talking with yesterday, uh, a partner workout and two of the girls beside us uh, and me and my partner, they were holding a really high number on the machine. And one of the partners said, I saw you holding that and I was like, oh my goodness, this is what we got to hold. And she surprised herself at what she was capable of doing. And if it would have been a, an individual 20 minute AMRAP, then there's no way on earth they would have touched that. And so I think that what it does is it over time, you realize you do a lot of work in that 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And if it would have been by yourself, you probably would have done less, even without a break that your partner gives you. And so I think there's the, the partner is a way that we almost self made or the interval is a way that, that good programming can self manufacture or uh, can manufacture the level of effort that leads to an expanding your capacity through intensity. So uh, Ben Bergeron said something a long time ago that really stuck out to me. And he said, the person who spends the most time at threshold wins. And so when you think about your workouts, you're thinking about, how much time did I spend at that threshold, that pace where, gosh, I feel my stomach's feeling a little queasy. I don't know how much longer I can keep this pace, but I'm going to keep going. How much time you spent in that in that zone over weeks and months is how fast and how fit you're going to be. And so when you're thinking about a workout on a day-to-day -day basis, you want to hit that pace and for the amount of time that you can maximize your threshold for that time, but also be able to come back tomorrow and hit your hit your time hit your threshold pace tomorrow, and then also again on Thursday, and also again on Friday, and then Saturday or whatever. That's what the CrossFit Games makes them athletes so fit because they are so dialed in with their aerobic capacity that they can recover and hit that pace over and over and over again, not just day to day, but multiple times per day and do that over an extended period of time. And so they're able to make more progress. Their body is going to adapt more than somebody that can't. So that's also why we don't want to do hero workouts all the time. So th this is a question we get a lot and a lot, uh, this other gym, they do a one hero workout every week, or they do 40 workout minute workout every week. Why don't we do something like that? And I, and I say, number one, because you're not going to be able to recover from that. That's going to trash you for the next couple of days after that. Your intensity is going to be so minimal the following day after that because you're going to be so beat up that you're not going to be able to hit that threshold pace. So we do Memorial Day Murph every every year on Memorial Day because it's it's something that's important to people. Um, it They look forward to it every year. They train to it every year. It's kind of like a benchmark thing. But they're not – People are not getting fitter doing Murph. They're getting less fit because it, they're... It hurts the whole week. The their rest week. of the week, they don't have... Our, our lowest attendance of the day every, day every single year is the day after Murph. So they come in, they do Memorial Day Murph. Yeah, it was fun. We did 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats. We ran two miles. Some of us wore a vest. It was awesome. Well, then the next day, nobody shows up. <laughs> and then Wednesday, they might show up and kind of ease into it. And then Thursday, it's like, ah, I'm kind of getting back into it. And they're not able to go hard again until Friday for most people. So you just missed out on an entire week of threshold training for that 
Monday workout. And that's fine. We understand that we build it into the program. Um, but if you're doing a, 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 a hero workout every single week or every other week, what's happening? You're trashing the rest of your week's training because of that. So first off, you're losing out on the intensity piece that you could have got from all your other workouts the rest of the time. Number two, when you're actually doing the workout, you're going slow. You're taking lots of breaks. You're looking around. You're not at your threshold. You're training your body to move slow. And so, like I said previously, your, your body is very smart. It's going to adapt to whatever stimulus you're giving it. So if you're constantly doing... 30, 40, 50, 60 minute workouts and moving at 60% effort and taking lots of break. You know what your body's going to learn to do? Yeah. Move slow. So I trained for a marathon for a year with my wife. We ran slow a lot. You know what happened to my running speed? It got slower. <laughs> yeah. I was noticeably slower at the end of the training than I was at the beginning of the training because I spent so much time going slow. The same thing happens when you're doing workouts where you're slogging through, doing a rep, looking at it, looking around. And people think that, oh, I'm doing so many reps that I'm getting fitter. No, you're teaching your body to go slow, and you're also setting yourself up to um, potentially get hurt because it's really hard to recover from that amount of volume. And so you got to think about all that. What am I teaching myself, my body to do um, when I'm doing these long workouts? I'm teaching my body to go slow. If you're doing them consistently, you're going to end up moving slower than you would have uh, had you not been doing them. I think this is this is good for people to know uh, because you, you're going to probably have this question for, we just did bring a friend week, and people with varying styles of workouts come in and oftentimes the workout of choice they had is some sort of a longer format cardio, um, whether it's boot camp or coming from some other uh, calorie burning based exercise program where the goal is to burn as many calories as possible. And what that does is it, again, you're trying to stack calories. So of course, the longer that you do something, the more calories you're gonna burn. And so what happens is when someone just comes directly into an environment, like our gym where the workout is, is 10 minutes or 12 minutes. Um, the only person in the room who's not exhausted is the person who comes in from that. And we even get the question, well, is that all it is? Like, is that all the workout is? And that's a sure sign that someone um, only has one speed. And so when you only have a 30 minute speed or a 40 minute speed, when the workout is 12 minutes, you don't know how to tap into that. And so that's one of those, uh, I think, big questions that we get from people that start out is it does, and for us, it's, it's just helping people see that it takes some time to learn intensity. The people that ask about doing more hero workouts, most of the time they love exercise so much, and those are the people that often want to excel in the, the performance side of it. And um, oftentimes the test that they're gonna have, whether it be the Coyote Classic or Beach Brawl or the CrossFit Open, those workouts are not going to be 30 minutes. No. They're not going to, there's going to be one 20-minute workout a year, and the rest are going to be somewhere in that, you know, potentially 6 to 6 to 14-minute range. And so, you, like you said, the hero workout's not preparing you for that. And if you're not careful, you're going to teach your body, oh, I can actually, the longer the workout, it's actually a little bit, it's hard. It's easier. But yeah. it's easier. Because what's you know, hard you, is, is moving a workout from 10 minutes what, to yeah. 9 minutes and 15 yeah. you seconds. You know what's hard? Fran, that's Fran. hard. If you go all out on Fran and finish in two minutes, I've seen people on the floor for 20 or 30 minutes after Fran. Or a, or a 12 minute workout yeah. where six rounds is the goal. Yeah. And, and it's easy yeah, for, if it rounds. was 20 minutes, you're, you're at four, you know, you're yeah. on a, you're on a three minute pace. But when yeah. you got a whole two minute pace, 
all of a sudden that changes it. And so that's where fitness growth is. And what's hard is it's harder to see. It's easier to see, oh, I did this long workout. That's proof that I got fitter. Mm -hmm. But what's hard is realizing that in this, intensity can be small jumps over time. So, so the 2K row where you move your time from 7 minutes and 25 seconds to 7 minutes and 15 seconds. You know, 10 seconds in that is, is a, lot, a year's yeah. worth of work. It's not as sexy, but that's where intensity is, and that's where your capacity grows. The intensity is the magic pill for adaptation and progress, and that's why people can get so fit doing this type of training is because of the intensity piece, because they're competing against other people and pushing themselves to the limit every single day. But when you're doing it in a 40-plus minute workout consistently, you're not able to tap into the intensity piece that you, you would be able to um, otherwise. It, CrossFit Games athletes are not doing – if they're doing 40-minute workouts, they're doing them in intervals. They're not just going straight through for 40 minutes. That's a mistake that I made when I first started out was, I, look at all these hero workouts. I'm going to do all these hero workouts. and But I started teaching myself to go slow as opposed to uh, a much better uh, way to attack it would be, let's do some shorter workouts and really hit them hard and then try to recover for a couple hours and do another sh shorter workout and really try to accumulate as much time at threshold as I possibly can. Whereas if you look at a hero workout, how much time do you spend in a hero work workout at threshold? Close to zero minutes. You're, you're hardly spending any time at your threshold, which we talked about, is the magic place for making progress. And if you're doing hero workouts consistently or really long workouts consistently, then you are um, you're never spending much time at threshold. Not only that, you're not able to hit threshold the next day because you're so sore and beat up and, and trying to recover from it. And then not only that, you've done so many reps that you you have a chance to get hurt as well the following day or two. The long, like you said, that's so important. The intervals, intervals are built in rest and intervals are also specific to the person because the number of reps that you choose needs to be dialed in and it also needs to follow a progression. So if you have interval set and the wall balls are 12, well, that could be really, really easy. Maybe it needs to be 17 because it's gonna perfectly not only take into account how much time you need to rest before the next movement and also how much can you sustain. Is 17 round one doable, but then are you gonna lose it at round five, at round six? So I think the longer the workout is, the more individually it needs to be programmed for people and at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're, it's a, it's a program that is for general physical preparedness. And we believe that it can work for everyone. And that's why we have the different tracks. But when you start getting into longer workouts, if they're going to be beneficial, those are not general. Those are individually prepared workouts where the athlete even has the, on their own, they know they can change it from person to person. And so that's one thing that you watch even CrossFit athletes, you know, professional athletes at a training camp. Well, each athlete is also has the freedom to change that to mark their individual needs. And so I think that's another thing too, that the longer, the further you get out from general into those individual wants and needs, then you start to get into a program that's, that's, it's not general physical preparedness. It's that's individuals who have a task goal. That's different than the, than generally improving your fitness dude that's so perfect transition to kind of my next thought was something i hear from a lot of people that are joining the gym that have done little to absolutely no exercise before coming in which is honestly perfect come come in with what you have right but something that i hear from people a lot is like 
I want to join. I asked them, why do you want to join a gym? Like, why are, why are we here having this conversation? What is it that you want to get out of this? And they say, I am tired all the time. I have no energy. I go, I, I wake up, I drag myself to work. I go to work, I get home and I'm exhausted. And my question is, why do you think that is? And nine times out of 10, they know the answer. The answer is, well, I'm, I'm out of shape. Like I, I'm just tired from doing the bare minimum. I said, do you, you know, my next question to that is how do we fix that? Like, what do we need to do? They're like, I need to get moving. Exactly. So no matter where your fitness level is, if you're in the elite of the elite or you're starting from absolute ground zero at the end of the day to get fitter, we need to increase your work capacity. We need to be able to do more with the time that we're given. And so I tell people all the time, you know, our workouts, they're going to be accessible for you. That's the point. We want you to feel like you can do this and they will be for the most part, relatively simple, but not easy. And so simple and not easy is kind of the way I like to think about the, from a programming perspective of it doesn't have to be fancy. Like we don't have to be drawing up game plans for every single workout. Sometimes it's like, Hey, let's just do some work. Let's get the work done. And we're going to be fitter for it on the other end if we do it right. So I tell people all the time coming in, like, Hey, if you have no physical background and fitness, like that's, that's, that's awesome because you're going to get fitter simply by just walking in and doing the work even if it looks totally different than the person next to you, because where you're at is totally different than the person next to you. And so we need to increase that work capacity. That's the way I like to think about it. And that's the way I try to tailor my, my workouts every day is when I work out, I want it to make me better. I want it to allow me uh, to, you know, stretch and grow a little bit to where I'm able to do more with the time that I'm given. If I know we have a 12 minute air wrap and like you're saying, Caleb, like the goal is six rounds. Well, I know what I need to do in order to get those six rounds done that's just a way to mentally prepare yourself to get work done. If you know you have a project coming up and you know it's due by Friday, well, you know what you need to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to make sure that there's no holes in it by the time Friday rolls around. And that's just a way that I like to translate fitness into our everyday life. So when people come in and they're a little bit intimidated at first, because I mean, it can be intimidating to sit down, you know, next to a stranger and, and watch people lift barbells or, you know, even just like hearing loud music play sometimes for people when they first come in can be a little bit intimidating. But when they get here and they're like, oh, I can totally do this. I have a coach to guide me through this. They're going to make sure I don't overdo it. But at the same time, going to make sure that I'm still working hard and doing what needs to be done. That's the way I, th that's why I think Coyote Fitness programming is as good as it gets. And that's to me the point of good programming is it increases your work capacity day in and day out. Let's talk about a little bit uh, and more of a day-to-day -day workout specific. What, what do we look at in a given day? And like I said, the vast majority of workouts are meant to be in that eight to 12 uh, minute time domain because that's where we can maximize our threshold. And um, the tendency always is to over program workout too many rounds too many reps and that's something that I see so you know so many different times when people share a workout that they did somewhere else and it's just it's way too much um, and I, I, I'll even do it when I'm writing workouts and then I'll I always do the workout you know I have a template that I follow and I'll fill it in and then I'll circle back the following day and look back over it and then I'll a lot of times I'll be like ah that's too much I need to drop it down a little bit because I know the intended stimulus that that we're going for on that given day and then I'll always put in the notes for pick a weight that you can do this either unbroken or in two sets you know or whatever it is and also you can keep the rest short knock it out quickly move on to the next thing and um, the, the more times that you can spend moving at that in, intended stimulus at that threshold pace in the workout, the more, the fitter you're going to get over time. And 
the tendency for some people is to pick a weight that's too heavy and then they're not getting the intended stimulus they're sitting there looking at the at the weight in the bar um and because they, it's just too heavy and they can't actually dig into the intensity that we wanted them to be able to get to so that's what we're looking at on a day-to-day basis is finding a rep scheme of certain of whatever movement it is or whatever weight it is that the the person who in that fitness performance and competition the average avatar of that specific track can hold that specific weight for or that specific rep scheme for the entire eight to 12 minutes so they can keep moving keep that intensity high and push the pace and now there are times where we do do a chipper where it's kind of chipping away and that's more of a mental test than it is a physical test and it's tapping into the body and, and testing in a little bit different way. But the the work that we do in the shorter workouts and the interval workouts and the eight to 12 minute workouts translates over into those longer workouts and those slogs much better than if you would do a little a, a long workout all the time and then try to do a short sprint workout. You're not gonna be able to tap into that intensity. Whereas if you're hitting the intensity, that energy system translates over into the long aerobic energy system because you're not only training anaerobic, but you're also training aerobic, which translates into a long period of time if you want to get technical into what energy system you're actually using the aerobic system will support anaerobic a little bit but the anaerobic is going to train much better the aerobic system as well and so if you're hitting the threshold specifically you're also teaching yourself to go long or training your body to go long even though you're not actually going long so that's why caleb mentioned before that we have members who We'll do these uh, go and travel and do a 45 minute workout. And I did really well in this workout, even though we haven't been doing 45 minute workouts. And we're like, yeah, that's because the training that you're doing is going to translate over into longer, longer time domains, even though you're not tapping into those. Whereas if you're only doing longer time domains, you're going to have a really hard time getting into the short, intense time domain. Yeah. At the end of the day, what you're basically saying is that if you do shorter workouts, that magic range of eight to 12 minutes, you're getting both. If you do long right. workouts, you're losing the intensity of a short workout. Um, you're losing the capability of doing the 2K row, of doing the friends. Um, and so one of the reasons why we do that beyond just the practical of being able to come back two, three days later and continue to do that and the longevity, because then you get the skill of four unique workouts and four different groups of movements. So now you just in the week, you just practice 12 different skills. Whereas when you come for the one workout, that's the long one, you lose the practice because not only are you too fatigued to practice it well, but all of a sudden now you just skip two days or you had to skip a day. And so you miss all those other skills. You didn't come for the toes to bar the next day because you were so worn out from the 40 minutes of wall balls and step over. So um, you can do the short and you gain the long one. And if you just do the long one or do the long one too much, you're not only gonna lose the short one, but you're also gonna over year, over the year, consistently doing that, you're gonna miss out on a lot of different, practicing a lot of the different skills that lead to more fitness. Look, it's really easy to beat somebody into the ground. It's it's really easy. You just throw a whole bunch of movements up there, throw a whole bunch of reps up there, put a ton of uh, rounds, ton of reps, make it a long workout. Everybody's going to walk out of there beat up and feeling like they, gosh, I, that was a really tough workout. I got a lot out of it. But what you, what it's really hard to do is create a shorter workout that's going to push somebody at that pace that they don't think they can hold it for an extended period of time and hold it for longer than they think or put an interval in where they're just when they're about to slow down they get a rest and then do it again three or four times where you're really tapping into that 
intensity that's going to bring you benefits. That's much harder skill to do. And so that's why uh, you know, a lot of people don't do it because it's hard to, to do that for a, 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 a one person, much less a, a group of people. It's much easier to just throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and beat people into the ground. But what happens when you do that is people are not ever getting the intensity that's going to allow them to make a lot of progress and move faster and get fitter at a very rapid pace. And then you're also going to have a lot more likelihood of getting injured if you're doing stuff like that consistently. I'll, I'll perfect example here, to kind of piggyback off that idea is I'll, I'll brag on a, a client who now, well, we did, you know, worked one-on-one for a while together and uh, she was a triathlon athlete, an elite level triathlon athlete. And she came in and she's like, you know, I, I know I need to get my, my strength up. Like I know I need to be more powerful because what's always kills me is the bikes on hills. And, you know, we train together. Now she does class, uh, you know, consistently now, but for the longest time, um, we focused on just building her, her base, like that power base, that intensity base. And for six, eight months, you know, she was incorporating programming into her already existing, you know, elite level triathlon training, which is a lot in and of itself, but taking a little more time to focus on increasing her bottom line power output and being stronger and being fitter at that intensity and goes to one of the hardest courses that she's ever raced at and finishes in her best time ever. Wow. And that just goes to show that like if you train both levels, especially or if you train that lower uh, time frame in that higher intensity domain, then you can get benefit while stacking it on top of it. So that's just like that example that kind of made me think mm-hmm. of, of her and she is still continuing to PR in progress you know, and this is two years in now. And so that just, I think that's a really cool example of like, you know, a sports specific example there that you can get results out of this. From a day-to-day standpoint, I think like we've mentioned this on the podcast, we get a lot of questions about how we have such a large population of people that do really well in the CrossFit Open. And a lot of that is because I think far too many gyms and far too many programs are, um, are just too much volume for the average person. And so uh, when we when we identify what is a good number of reps for someone to keep the intensity like you talked about, and we generally practice within those correct ranges, and you put that governor on yourself of saying, this is gonna be too much, and it's way too easy for people to think this is a great program because the workouts are longer. But then all of a sudden you turn around and your group picture of the class is a bunch of young people who are all super jacked and very, very fit, but they happen to have a lot of background and a lot of, uh, you know, all of a sudden you've just dwindled out all of the average people. And then those are the people that get frustrated because when the workout comes up and it's 10 minutes or it needs to be nine minutes and not 11, um, they wonder what's going on. And it's because there was just too much. And so you, you got all the hardos in the gym that want to do these long, grueling things. And all of a sudden you start to, I think you realize that they're, the biggest temptation for a programmer is to want to make it really sexy. And that is the biggest thing that we see from people when they go and visit other gyms or they go travel is, oh, we did three of these workouts back to back. And they, they come in and they understand that like, oh, and I still, I still did really well on it, but why don't we do that? And it's like, I think you did really well on it because you don't do that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's and it. Wow, that's a good good line right there. There it is. So, okay. yeah, that's great. Um, gosh, we can, I mean, we could go all day talking about this topic, but it's just it, it's it's uh, it's something that obviously we're very passionate about, and 
we believe in so strongly and we just see the results over and over and over again with so many people performing so well at local competitions and inside the gym gosh the fitness level at, in coyote and I, I tell people this all the time inside the gym when they get frustrated and they don't feel like they're doing as well on the leaderboard as they thought i'm like you're comparing yourself to a bunch of extremely fit people people who when they travel people members of other gyms or owners are like where do you work out like they're going in and having the top score on the board and winning local competitions or getting on podiums all the time doing extremely well in the crossfit open all the time going into you know competitions like beach brawl or going to semifinals or quarterfinals or wherever and doing really well just a lot of really really fit people and um it's because it's a, a group of people who are pushing themselves to their threshold, pushing each other every single day, but not pushing themselves so much where they can't come back and do it again tomorrow. And if you think about, gosh, I mean, there's so many uh, ways you could relate this to life, but you know, one easy way is running. If you want to get faster at running and all you do is run long, like I said, but you're, you're never running your 400, 800s or sprints, you're not ever going to get that much faster. We're thinking about when you're in college, like if you had to study for a test, who's going to perform better on the test? The person who studies for an hour every single day, focus study, or the person who studies the night before for eight hours, you know? You can't study for eight hours straight. Like it's just impossible unless you're on some performance-enhancing supplements, you know. <laughs> um, but if you studied every single day, um, you would be much more likely to stick with it. You're not going to touch that one. I was about to say, I was like, almost, I almost said it. Um, Couldn't and, afford that in it's college. The, yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing at, at work, you know. If you're, if you're just working nonstop 80 hours a week, um, you're going to run yourself into the ground where you're not – if you're working 80 hours a week, those aren't 80 productive hours. They're not. It's cool to say I'm working 80, 60 hours a week, but you're not being productive all that time. You might be at the office that amount of time, but how much of that time is it could you could have done, you could have accomplished what you needed to in a much lesser time frame by doing focused, intense work. And so intensity is the magic formula um, for success. And so that's why we uh, we uh, we push it so hard to our members the definition i think going back to it like what do we look at as a respectable what do we look at as a good program um ultimately i think a good program doesn't take the easy bait of wanting to try to be too much of a novelty but it, it just recognizes like what are the parameters that keep people in that range where intensity can still be achieved and it it may um you know it you just have to trust that doing those doing those core things consistently is going to give you the outlier without always doing the outlier. And so I think one thing that we just mentioned, and Tyler, you brought this into life, you know, in work or business, um, but ultimately, like, I think we want to be prepared to do the crazy thing, but it doesn't mean you've got to do the crazy thing. If you do the pieces of it, then your quality is going to be so much higher. And so, um, you know, we look at the CrossFit Games. We just talked about this. But, you know, the pullover, that a weird movement. It looks a little goofy. It's the reverse of the muscle up, whatever it is. Like, all of a sudden, if you, if you have the skills, the baseline skills, you can do that. And it goes the same with the programming. If you have that baseline threshold and you constantly have the intensity but not too much to where it affects your consistency throughout the time, you're going to be able to go on the and do the race with your friends. You're going to be able to do the hero workout a couple times a year on the holidays, and you're going to be able to perform well, uh, but you're also not going to throw out all those other, the safety and the consistency with it. And so I think um, 
To me, that's what makes a good program. People PR Murph every year. People get really good times on Murph every year, and we don't do any specific training for Murph, and we don't do any specific really long workouts getting ready for Murph. We just do the same type of training we always do, and people put up really good scores on it. So there, there's a good example right there. Perfect. I mean, and kind of my, my finishing thoughts to kind of echo what you're saying, Caleb, is you know, think about for, for yourself, for the person listening, is like, what are you doing day to day? And make your workouts in here benefit what you're doing out there. So make the one hour here benefit the 23 hours you have outside of here instead of where a lot of people coming in want to gear their whole 23 hours towards the, or 22 hours to two to three hours in here. And so make your 60 minutes of, of Coyote Fitness class benefit and increase your work capacity for the other 23 hours in the day and you'll get fitter over time in the gym and you will also be able to do more in your daily life it's that simple i'll 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 just finish by saying maximizing your uh power output and your intensity over the most amount of days will bring you the most amount of progress so the longer time period you can spend on a week-to-week month-to-month basis in that I, I don't, I'm not sure if I can hold this pace or not, but I'm going to keep going for a little while longer. I got to keep up with my buddy next to me and not slow down that much. The longer you can spend in that time domain um, over an extended period of time, uh, the fitter you're going to be, the more progress you're going to make. The more time you spend in the slogging through, moving slow, stopping, getting the water, filling up your water, wiping down stuff with your towel, looking at the clock, um, moving slow, barely hanging on. The, the you're less, describing Tyler's like yeah, the oh, less man, progress you're going to make. You've been watching. Yeah. We got cameras. Yeah. Sounded a lot like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to do that from time to time, but you don't want to do that every day or every week. So, all right, that's it. Uh, great discussion, guys. Uh, really, really good stuff there. Let's move on to the next segment. Outside the box. So, real, real quick, my wife called me the other day and she said, "Do you ever get nervous before you do the outside the box?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I don't. I've never thought about it. But now that you mention it, maybe I will start getting nervous about it." But uh, you guys got anything to talk about outside the box, Tyler? Tell oh, us about smoking meats. Oh, Tell my up smoking the meats. Uh, by the time this episode airs, uh, probably we've done another brisket or two. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all. Ab- There's no probably. Definitely will. Happen. It's definitely. It's just a matter of just the cow coming this weekend or next. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, kind of. I like to. Uh, I like to learn new things, and so my my little kick this summer, and I'm gonna continue that trend into the fall, has been smoking the meats. And so I think I've got a pretty solid brisket recipe down. Um, did some uh, did some steak tacos last night, and they were great with some uh, home pressed uh, handmade corn tortillas. So they were pretty pretty delicious. Been enjoying cooking good food. Uh, still getting the protein, getting the you know the correct amount of calories and macros in to make sure you know that we're in the right headspace and ballpark there. But outside the box, going to continue to smoke some meats these next couple weeks. Don't you don't you worry. Tune into my Instagram if you uh, need details. I got a real quick correct a statement I made that my wife listened to and was very little mea culpa upset here. with me about the Reese's uh, s'mores. She said that I think it was her idea or she got the Reese's. And so uh, I got to give a shout out to my wife and say thank you for that. If you guys enjoyed the Reese's S'mores, um, you can thank thank my wife Claire for that. Give so credit where credit's due. That's right. Giving credit where credit's due. So I'm a little nervous. I'm going this weekend to a little get together um, with one of our members, and there is uh, there's going to be a game that involves uh, cards that have 
um, tasks that you either do or you don't do. And if you choose not to do it, then it involves hot wings in mystery hot sauces. Mm. And I'm, I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous about Ooh. what it's going to do to me for the next 24 hours. I'm nervous about, um, you know, being able to hold my own, but also like limit the damage later, you know, and take the high road. And so anyway, I'm a little bit, that's, that's what's going on outside the box for me. I'm going to have an update for you. It's either going to be a recommends or a strong do not recommends. But I think, uh, I, I, that sounds like a fun game. I think I want to play. I think it could be something. Yeah, it could be something. If anybody has any has any experience in this game, then let me know ahead of time or something to stay away from. But uh, I think it'll be a fun time. All right, you guys got anything to recommend before we wrap it up? Did y'all talk about? We hadn't talked about the Johnny Manziel documentary, have we? No. Did you watch it? Is it out? Yeah, it's oh, out we're on talking Netflix. A little bit before that. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, it was. Uh, recommend it to me. I'll recommend the Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix, uh, Untold. Uh, it was good. It, was, it wasn't It was super long. It was a little over an hour. Uh, I expected it to be a little bit longer, but it was just his story from his perspective, and uh, it was fascinating. <laughs> he came out he, – uh, he had an incredible high school career, and he came out of nowhere. At, uh, I guess he didn't come out of nowhere because they were expecting him to do well at Texas A&M, but he just dominated for two years, went pro, and – it just seemed like he uh, – it all got way too big for him too fast, and he just uh, didn't seem like he was enjoying it anymore. He made a ton of money, and he said he watched zero minutes of film in his time as professional, 0.0. He logged zero minutes on his iPad watching film, and he just said the whole time he was there, he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm trying to figure out a way to get out of it. And so he partied hard, and he played hard, and he 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 burned bright and flew too close to the sun, and – He's still only 29 years old. He's still got his whole life ahead of yeah. him. But uh, it's uh, I heard he's opening wings. up a I heard he's opening up a bar, or a yeah. strip club, or something in in uh, some kind of bar, Yeah, yeah. But uh, the whole the whole story of him uh, being his family being rich was just uh, a story that they made up to take scrutiny away from all the money he was making signing autographs. And he just said, "I hate the NCA," and they have this bogus rule, which I pretty much agree with him. These people were making yeah. millions of dollars off his shirts, and he wasn't getting any of it. And so I can understand um, his his gripe with him. But think how much money, he, NIL money, he would have made if NIL was around back then. Uh, gosh, he, he probably would have been be worth $100 million at this point. But he was – he was signing autographs for a ton of money, and I mean, he talked all about it in the, on the on the show. So it was interesting. If you remember Johnny Manziel, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago; it was like yeah. ten years ago um, that he was at Texas A and M uh, and football, baby. Chucking the football, yeah. but uh, yeah, if you like college football, if you like sports, I think you would enjoy this uh, this documentary. It's not for uh, put the children away before you watch it, though. Hey, I'll recommend Summerloo or Waterloo Summerberry. I think I've dropped a Waterloo new flavor here. Plug. Yeah, I think I've dropped it once before, maybe lemon lime before. But uh, if you haven't had the summerberry, summer's nearing an end, and I'm sure there's still some on the shelves. If Cassidy and I have left some there, um, but it's going fast. So head to your local anywhere that you get Waterloo and try the summerberry. How do you follow that up? Um, I'm gonna try to think of something boring with food. Uh, He's atomic flavored wing sauce. Yeah, I'm not going to recommend that yet. Um, Okay, I'm going to recommend you eat all the wings with all the hot sauce just to experience it. I'm also not going to recommend something that we sell because the new Jocko pre-made protein shakes are going to be in. Um, That felt like an ad. You know, I recommend... um, I recommend... 
if you haven't done it in a while, um, ah, no, I don't want to do that. Guys, I think I'm going to just, I'm going to. He's going to tap out. I'm going to recommend we wrap this episode up. I'm going to my time <laughs> to the gods. All right. Thanks for tuning in, I'm guys. I'm going to recommend a moment of silence when you turn the podcast <laughs> off. Just take some time. Don't turn music <laughs> on. Caleb. Just take, take some time and, um, and have a little bit of silence before. No, this is it. I knew it. I knew it. Um, we're, we're never going to get that minute of our lives yeah. back, Caleb. What we're doing, so. what I'm doing is I was having trouble sleeping. So this is for those that have trouble going to sleep, falling asleep. I'm going to recommend um, an eye mask. Okay, it sounds bougie. I'm going to recommend an eye mask. And I'm going to recommend literally just lay down in the floor, put your eye mask on, and put on not noise, not not music words, but something that's instrumental. And I'm going to recommend 10 minutes. Set an alarm for 10 minutes of just laying there in the dark, eye mask with no distraction, and see if you don't sleep unbelievably different than, than you did before. On so the if floor? you're having trouble, lay so down anywhere. That before you go you to can bed? Lay down, I lay down there okay. on the floor. and so, so you sleep on the floor now? No, no, no. I, the 10 minutes. <laughs> the 10 minute, my meditation before going, going to bed. So you do that before you get in bed? Yes. Okay. Before I get in now bed, otherwise it's sleeping. Yeah. Before, I get, before I get in bed, sleep on the ground. I mask. <laughs> I mask. I put a blanket down, and it's it, Sarah takes pictures of me sometimes. It is a little ridiculous, but uh, it's helped. I was having trouble. We were waking up. I was having trouble falling asleep. It reset me. So, ten minutes. Try it. Let what me know. What instrumental are you listening to? Um, so the banjo. Have, I've been listening to nothing, but in the past I did one of the Calm app. Um, well, those were actually short stories, but they were made for sleep, so made to that. You uh, listen to bedtime stories, Caleb? No, <laughs> no. One of them, Matthew McConaughey, actually will read you. He reads a story, and it's designed specifically to make you fall asleep. So a bedtime so story. The story, the way that they talk, the way that they tell the story, it's about soothing things. The, the things they're talking about are all, like, calming things. And so, uh, anyway, that... Gosh, I really pulled that together. Matthew McConaughey could tell me about the Great Depression. And all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> hey, uh, time for bed. When I was Here in college, uh, we stayed at this hotel uh, on our baseball team, and it was for some reason we stayed at a fancy hotel, and they had like an eye mask and a CD. This was back when they had CDs that you could plug in <laughs> that would do like a guided meditation to help you go to sleep, and we put it in, and we did it. I was out after that. Man. It was he was like start at your feet and relax at your toes and work your way up to your calves and work your way all the way Sounds up. Sounds like and a good recommendation. Within, within you, ten minutes, I was I slept so good after that. So it it's was pretty the cool. stimulants that we have in your brain. They they exist even if you fall asleep. My wife doesn't have an issue falling asleep, but she'll wake up throughout the night. And sometimes the TV and all those act the the things that you that stimulate your brain, the blue light, the social media, all that. It keeps your brain in a wired state, even if you pass out, even if you go to sleep. That's why you don't sleep well, even if you get drunk and pass out, like you're, you're asleep, but you're not sleeping. It's the same way with stimulants. And so um, that calming and that meditating time before can help calm your mind so that when you are, quote unquote, passed out and you're out, not conscious, awake, uh, you're getting better rest. So try, and it doesn't take long, just that 10 minutes. Um, so Caleb Foxworth's sleep study. That's good. There you go. That's it. All right. Man. All right. There we go. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you next time.
the silky smooth sounds.